Welcome to the Warehouse Speaker Series, a knowledge sharing initiative created by Warehouse. Headquartered in York, Pennsylvania, Warehouse is an award-winning architecture and engineering design firm with over 40 years of experience in multiple building types in the Mid-Atlantic region. You can learn more about Warehouse on our website at www.warehouseae.com and that is spelled W-A-R-E-H-A-U-S-A-E.com. Thank you. My name is Matt Falvey, and I'm your host for today's episode. Today, we have a conversation on drone applications and construction management. Our guest today is Bill Sutton. Bill is a licensed FAA drone pilot and currently serves as the Vice President of Customer Experience for Mowry Construction, which operates in central Pennsylvania. He has spent his entire career in the construction industry looking for ways to innovate, improve, and streamline the construction process. Recently, Bill has transitioned from construction operations into the world of business development, where he is applying his innovative and outward mindset to developing long-lasting relationships with Maori clients. So, Bill, welcome back. You're the first alumni to our podcast. Really excited to have you back. And for those that don't know who you are or may have missed our last episode, why don't you start off by telling us a little about yourself, what made you the person you are today, and what in the world led you down the uh, profession that you're currently in? Awesome, Matt. Thanks for having me again. I'm excited to be joining you, and and you do a great job with this podcast. So, um, yeah, I guess today we're going to be talking about you know drones and construction, which is something near and dear to my heart. Um, something I've gotten into the last few years, but um, my path to construction started from a very young age. Uh, my dad actually was a carpenter and uh, built some homes, and I remember at a very young age, him driving me through that neighborhood and pointing out houses that he had built with his own hands and thinking and that that was just the coolest thing and, and the pride that he had for for building something that someone was living in. And it stuck with me. And and now it became my dream to, to be, be in construction and the built environment. And throughout my career, I've just, you know, been been associated with very great companies and, and cool projects and um, now, now with my kids, as, as I'm driving down the road, I'll, I'll point out projects that, that I've been a part of and, and, um, you know, I, I get eye rolls from them now, but, uh, it, it's really cute. And, and just that pride has stayed with me. And, um, I just think it's just a, it's a wonderful, wonderful industry that we work in. The legacy lives on, right? Yep. <laughs> well, let's get into this. This is a really, really cool topic. And, um, I, I know you'll get into this. You you are an FAA uh, licensed drone pilot, which is really neat. And I guess let's start off with how does one become a licensed drone pilot? Sure. Um, yeah, I got I got my license back in 2017. Um, it's a license through FAA. And if you go to FAA.gov, you can look up. Um, it's called the Part 107 uh, exam and license, and that allows you to become a pilot, a certified pilot of an unmanned aircraft. So a drone falls into that category. And um, I was really surprised that the test and the exam is very um, centric on all things aircraft, um, whether it be uh, flight manuals, um, a lot of different languages to do with with flying and um, just understanding the airspace and regulations and and how and where you can fly in a safe manner. So for a regular everyday drone pilot who's doing it recreationally, you don't need a license. 
but when when I got involved with it, we wanted to use it more on a construction site and what they call commercial use. So if you're going to use it for business in any way, shape, or form, you need to go ahead and get that license. The uh, I, I know there are a number of things in researching for this podcast not only legalese but the regulations it's not as simple as purchasing a drone going out there on a job site and and elevating it in the air and and so on and so forth so what is your most favorite or most popular use for a drone um at maori what, what do you guys typically like to use it most in sure what what really drove us was our our customers they they really started to ask for more aerial photography of our projects um, a lot of our projects are very large in size, whether it be the site, the the number of acres that it covers, or just the square footage of the building. And so taking photos from the ground really doesn't capture uh, the full extent of the of the progress that's going on on the site. So um, having a drone and, and having those customers asking for imagery that gives them a full picture of what's going on, that's really what drove us to get to get the drones. Um, so at, at a bare minimum, like we take it up and we take photography of all angles of our projects. We upload those to a, a shared site so that all of our subcontractors, our clients, our architectural partners can, can share them. And it gives everyone a, a great perspective on how the project's going. We, our, our uses have definitely evolved since, since that. That was kind of the first use. Um, second thing we started doing as I started to get better at flying was to take almost cinematic video of the project, which no kidding. yeah, most, most companies are starting to use for marketing now. Um, it's nice. We have an in-house uh, media specialist who's able to help us with editing and, and putting audio tracks over top and, and, and adding imagery and text to the video. But you know, video speaks volumes and it's just something that we find to be very powerful, just communicating the story of the project um, through that video. And then some other things we're doing, which are just really amazing. Uh, this year we invested in a thermal drone, a thermal imaging drone. Uh, neat. Yeah, so we're able to scan the envelopes uh, of our buildings and detect um, if we have leakages or we have warm or cold spots and we can address those before turnover to our clients. So uh, we look at it as a preventative, proactive, quality control tool, um, and it's it's just made our projects even even better. Yeah, we'll get into some of that cool technology. I also know there's you know uh, some laser systems you can use for measuring and and so on and so forth. Aura, I know we recently purchased a drone here. Um, of course, with with our architecture. As one of our marketing team members pointed out, you can, you know, get into buildings or or get good pictures on the ground, right, for marketing purposes, et cetera. But really, when we get into the civil projects and you're you're looking at, you know, millions of square feet and topography, I mean, all types of, of things, um, you really want that bird's eye view to see how expansive the sites are and, and just some things that you just can't ascertain from the ground, right? Totally right. Yeah. And, and there's, there's, um, there's a software out there called Drone Deploy, which you could take an, a, a regular drone and use that software to map out a flight and it'll take stills and use LIDAR and come back with a 3D map of that site. 
and, and it's remarkable technology. Um, it'll provide you with topographic information about that site. And if you do sequential scans, so say this week, you know, Friday, we, we do it, we do a scan and then we come back next Friday and do a sequential scan. You can actually map the difference and see exactly how much earth was moved in that time frame. And that that's helping us understand how productive our site work uh, contractor is being while he's moving, you know, massive amounts of dirt. And um, so that's a really great out of the box software that people can use to to map their sites. Yeah, that is really cool. And LIDAR is the laser, right? The pulse laser? Correct. Correct. Okay. I guess it bounces a laser off of uh, different surfaces and then it, it knows how quickly it refracts back and then it, it can tell distances and create a map through that information. So pretty Do awesome. You, how, how accurate have you found for, you know, topography, uh, you know, your topo studies, whatever surveying, um, have you found drones for the aerial surveying and mapping and measuring excavation depths, et cetera, et cetera? It is highly, highly accurate in, in an instance, Matt, where you don't have uh, interruption. So in, in a, a heavily wooded area is where it's not going to be accurate. Right, if you right have on. a very open site, it's going to be highly accurate. And I know a lot of surveyors now are using uh, drones for large sites survey and then they'll go into a wooded area and do traditional survey to piece together a, a total site map so um i know it it'll it's a huge time saver um, oh, yeah. for the surveyors yeah it's remarkable what do you think of osha there's got to be have you guys used it if if you're inspecting work and maybe there's something that an area that's too precarious or dangerous for a human to go take a look at, or maybe it's just a pain in the neck to get to. Have you used drones to do do something like that? I actually have, um, and I'll come back to OSHA, but I've had a couple of really cool projects. I had a church in Carlisle who was having some staining coming down uh, the front of their church, and it was a beautiful kind of marble exterior. and. They couldn't quite understand where the leak or wh where the staining was coming from. So they, I, I offered to fly the drone um, for them and kind of do an, a visual inspection from the air um, and was able to identify a, a piece of flashing up up over top of the steeple that had rusted. And, and they knew then, you know, where to go to, to repair and, and fix their issue. So um, we do roof inspections with our drones. We've, we've done it on multiple instances, um, on a construction project where we have people roofing, uh, working on the roof. We will go up and do a safety inspection, a flyby to make sure that proper setbacks are being used on the roof, that they have hard hats and high vis and, and, uh, that we have safe working conditions on a job versus having to really go up in those high spots. So, um, back to your OSHA point, I, I have not encountered OSHA utilizing drones to maybe do an inspection, um, but I would not be surprised if that is a tool that they use um, in the future, for sure. Yeah, interesting. And we talked about some of the cool technology already. Any other type of cool technology that, that a drone can be equipped with as it relates to, you know, architect, engineer, construction, or site work? Um, I, I guess the thing that I'm most excited about, there is new LIDAR technology that, that has come out. It's more compact. It's, it's going to be more consumer ready. Um, so that's coming out, I know, through DJI. Uh, and also, 
the next the next thing for us is I, I think we're going to be used using two pieces of technology. One, deliveries by drone. So being mm. able to you know navigate and 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 move materials. Um, and I, again, I'm not talking heavy payloads. That's that's not going to happen for a while. But um, quick delivery of materials. I could even see. Uh, you know, transporting safety equipment if if we need to to someone in a remote area, just having that ability. But also, there's a thing that we're looking into investing in. It's called a drone in a box, which is an automated drone. So, you know, for a person to take the time to go out to a job site and take you know an hour to travel and an hour to set up, an hour to fly, it is it's can be time consuming. So. They are developing and they have developed drones that will aut- autonomously fly. And it, our hope is that we have one on each job site that it's set at a regular time and interval. And this drone will automatically go out, fly a, a specified path. It'll grab the footage that we want and it'll return home. So that's wild. Um, yeah, those are those are some of the things we're looking forward to. Yeah, absolutely wild. That's crazy. I love it. How about software that we use in the office? Do you, do you integrate pretty easily with CAD, BIM, or other 3D modeling type softwares? It does, yes. There's there's a couple different pieces of software. Like I said, that drone deploy will provide you with a point cloud um, file, which you can import into CAD or BIM or other pieces of software to compare it to, let's say, your baseline design. But the big emerging terminology, Matt, I don't know if you you found this in your research, is is the creation of digital twins. Mm. So, um, mm. you know, whether it be existing buildings or building as they're being constructed, but using a drone to scan a building in its entirety so that we can create a 3D model or a digital twin of that facility. And what that will be able to uh, allow us to do is map out preventative maintenance, uh, map out where various pieces of equipment are so that people can access it remotely and have a live view of a building from from a 3D environment. So it's pretty I mean, the time, that is so cool. And the time, can you even put a dollar value on that? The time and money that saves and productivity it enhances is pretty remarkable. Yeah, and I've seen entire cities now getting a digital twin created so people have a better understanding of infrastructure and buildings and traffic and just even understanding uh you know what needs to happen for a better a better city moving forward so i think that the next five to ten years the world of digital twins is is going to be something that's going to be fascinating to watch definitely fascinating that's wild how about litigation Uh, you know of course like you know, most parts of our society, you know, we have a very litigious culture and society we live in, right, wrong, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, have you ever had to use a drone at Maori for litigation, either to prove or disprove construction claims? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, one, one thing we try to do with the drones is, is preventative, right? So we, we, you know, we try to be proactive with whether it be quality control, inspections, to prevent litigation for sure. I would say I had one I had one project where we did have a roof issue and it was on a large warehouse. And um, we had very small spots of, of what I would call roof cupping 
So the insulation on the roof um, was cupping upward and visually from, you know, from the roof, you could, you could visually see that. So what I was able to do, because it was a very large roof, and if you were to walk around and visually inspect it, it was going to take a very long time. It was a million square foot. So I was able to fly the drone and map the roof and able to pick up the spots that had had roof cupping. And we were able to map it, quantify it, and then go back and fix it and really identify those issues. And that prevented some some litigation, actually. We were able to settle um, and, and just uh, fix that issue for them. Uh, but yes, I, I like for us, as we're building, we're able to take, take this drone up and get very close to these high buildings uh, and, and do a recording of flashings that are installed. Um, where no person could could really even get to 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 access it unless you were on a lift and you went up uh, you know 500 times, but we literally will go around and record before the buildings closed up just to get a documentation about that 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 those flashings and that those details were were put together properly. That's just great, just how pragmatic that is, but how all encompassing it is to be able to do that. You almost wonder. With you talking, I'm like, how did projects get done without a drone? <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't too long ago, um, you know, those, know, right? those, those point and click cameras that, that we had. And, and I remember, you know, the SD cards that <laughs> every superintendent had a digital camera and, and they just took a lot of pictures. And um, but yeah, it, it, drones are opening up a whole new world for us. And I think it does give our clients a better look at the projects and we're able to communicate things at a faster speed now with, with this information. And so it, 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 it's amazing. Well, the technology, we, we talk about this all the time with whether it's Microsoft Teams, Zoom, you, you pick it. Uh, the technology has become so intuitive nowadays mm-hmm. that there's such a short learning curve. And I, I would imagine that's the case with the drones. It, I mean, from what I can understand, you can actually use your smartphone to pilot a drone if you wanted to. Yes, it is very intuitive. And DJI is the drone that, that we use, and it's highly intuitive to their software, their interface, the controls. Like you said, you can use your smartphone. A lot of the drones have collision avoidance built into them, so they'll detect when when you're coming close to something and the drone will react and and bring you to a safer space. So uh, that's really cool. And I know that there's more and more technology coming out where drones can talk to each other so that you can understand when you're in a shared airspace. And um, that's my biggest concern is when I'm, when I'm flying is really being aware of what else is in, is in the sky with me. And um, you know, I've had flights where I'm, I'm flying and, and, you know, either a, a plane, helicopter, or another drone appears, um, and and just have you know knowing what to do in that situation is is highly critical. No question, and that ties into what perhaps your clairvoyant. I was going to have you tell us a little <laughs> bit about FAA regulations for these commercial uses of the drones, like like ground speed limitations or mm-hmm. altitude limits, et cetera. So, why don't you, if you don't mind? continue that conversation a little bit. 
Sure. I mean, the things that we run into uh, flying our construction sites, um, generally speaking, we have about a 400 foot ceiling uh, is our is our protected airspace. Um, but you really need to know the area that you're flying. Oftentimes we come across, uh, we're nearby airports and there are rules and regulations about getting clearance to, to fly uh, when you're in proximity to airports. And, and that's something you have to look into. And sometimes I have to contact the flight tower to get clearance. Um, sometimes there's waivers that you have to apply for. Um, back to your, your speed question, there is a 100 miles per hour limit on speed, but for, for most of what we're doing, we're flying at very low speeds to, to capture um, to capture it. But I guess one one critical regulation that I think technology is stretching and we are trying to adhere to, and that's line of sight in that mm -hmm. we, we want our pilots to always maintain uh, line of sight with, with the aircraft. And these drones are able to now fly one, two, three, maybe up to eight miles away. So, um, you know, as we navigate this and, and we meet regularly to discuss p policies, procedures, how to, how to do this safely, um, maintaining a line of sight is, is so critical. So what about flying in the evening or, or under the cover of darkness? Can, can that be done or not done? What are the rules for that? It can be done. Um, there is a waiver that you have to get from FAA. You have to um, ex explain why uh, you're going to be flying at night and and that you are going to take the necessary precautions. I know that your drone has to be equipped with uh, special lights and um, you just really have to abide by the, the different rules and regs for that. And, and traditionally, another one is you, you shouldn't be flying over people. Um, so when we're flying construction sites, that's, that's tough to navigate. We, um, there is a waiver that you can get to, to help you navigate that, but we try to fly during off hours or away, you know, at a, at a distance away where we're not directly over, over people. So that, that's something also to, to, to be concerned about. Well, I, I can relate. There is an anti-paparazzi rule only above my workstation <laughs> here at warehouse you're not only because it's me so it's, it's the only place in york where where you can't fly a drone uh because i insist on an anti-parazzi rule uh, but but actually that actually exists out in california uh, you know in all seriousness yes flying over you know movie stars and celebrities etc it's not allowed uh the invasion of privacy intellectual property rights sure. get into all that stuff sure so uh Winding down here, a couple of basic questions for you, but uh, let me pause there. Is there any theme maybe I didn't cover or any question I didn't ask that you would have liked me to have asked before we move on? I mean, no, I think we covered it. I, just a couple of things. I mean, like you said, it's flying it. Flying a drone is, is actually relatively easy. One thing that the test doesn't require you to do is to get actual flight hours, which surprises Interesting. me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone who's interested in getting their drone license, I, I would recommend that um, getting some practice um, in, in a very safe environment, an open field, or doing so with an, uh, an experienced pilot to get some training hours. I think that would be really beneficial for, for someone who just is really starting out because um, your first couple flights are pretty nerve wracking. And 
Oh, I'm sure. Matt, you know, in a stressful situation, sometimes, you know, you, all the, you know, your plan doesn't work the way you thought, or, um, yeah, right you on. know, you're not, you're not, you, you missed one checkbox, you know, uh, on your, on your flight list. Um, so having someone there or just having a safe environment, it, it would be really critical, but, um, you know, the future of this is bright. I, I don't think we're very far off from, from, you know, drones transporting people. Um, and so I think that are the uses for this, uh, transporting cargo, transporting people, um, is gonna, it's gonna really be fascinating for years to come. No question. I love it. Really, uh, really fascinating. So I guess the last question I'd love to ask, what is your favorite drone? If you could, you know, wave your magic wand and had your druthers, what, what is your favorite drone and what do you use? So I'll, I'll start, I started with the DJI Phantom 4, which is a great entry level drone. It's rather large. It's a big white um, drone. It's very stable. Um, one cool thing I did with it though, Matt, I got kind of crazy. I, I built a rig for it and I strapped a 360 degree camera to the bottom of it. <laughs> and that was amazing to do and fly a job and then get the video back. And it was 360 degrees. So I could watch in VR. That is, um, cool. that was cool. So I think that's, really that's cool. actually really not, you know, I don't think that's available right now. So I think we could, we'll see more of that, but yeah, there's, there's a DJI drone. I can't think of the name. Hold on. I think it's the insight, but it's, it's just a beautiful piece of equipment and it's really cinematic. It's like 10 or $15,000. <laughs> Um, we, 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 we keep ours to, you know, very, very budget, budget level drones. We fly right. Mavic, Mavic pro or Mavic twos, um, which are just really light, really durable, and they're great for construction. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks for sharing. How about, all right. So someone wants to, Falvey wants to go get his, uh, license. What would you recommend for testing? Um, self-study, go to a classroom, college. How does, how does one go about getting tested and studying? Sure. I, I mean, everybody's a little bit different, Matt. I know um, for me, I was able to do the online coursework and take some practice tests. We use Dart Drones right now who has both online and in-person training, which cert we have eight, eight pilots on staff now. So some of them really preferred in-person. Some of them could do the online stuff. But, you know, taking the practice exam, getting to know the types of questions, I studied for about a month and kind of immersed myself in it. And in about a month, I felt comfortable and, and really passed. And now every two years, I do have to get re-licensed. Re I have to get recertified. So I have to take an exam. So just ongoing, I know there's ongoing continuing ed as well required. So again, I think a, an online, you can Google, you know, drone training, part 107 exam. Um, Dart drones is a good example, but um yeah, and there's a lot of great resources on YouTube, too. I know when I was taking the exam, I just stumbled across a guy who, in about an hour, he walked you through the the entire kind of exam and content you needed to know. And after watching him a couple times, I, I felt, like, extremely comfortable with the content. Yeah, that's great. YouTube's great. And <laughs> I, I didn't realize, not to reverse or go backwards here, but I, I'm taking back that there's no actual... Uh, hands-on testing with flying yeah. or, or piloting a drone which is interesting but that's 
that's great information. Really appreciate you uh, sharing that with us and our audience. And why don't we, uh, as we wind down, Bill, uh, we're certainly going to post your bio, uh, Maori website, your contact information, but why don't you tell everyone how they can find you, uh, get in touch with you, et cetera. Sure. Uh, LinkedIn is is a great tool. Um, pretty active on there, just sharing our stories and, and what we're up to. Um, and if I found that there's a great drone community on Clubhouse. And um, so I, I was able to connect with drone pilots across the country and guys that have a dedicated drone businesses. So that was an outlet for me that as I was um, learning about the industry and networking, uh, Clubhouse was a great outlet. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, look, Bill, always a pleasure. Love doing this with you. You're my first alumni. I'm just, you know, humbled that you came back on. You have great information. You're so experienced in this field. Love running into your real time as well. So until uh, next time, buddy, thank you so much. Thank you, Matt. It's always a pleasure, man. I'll see you soon. All right, buddy. Be good. Take care. This concludes today's episode. Thank you for listening to another Warehouse Speaker Series podcast. We hope that you found our knowledge sharing session insightful and relevant. We look forward to our next episode. If you would like to speak to us or share feedback, please email us at info at warehouseae.com. Until next time, stay healthy, everybody.